Good evening. Hopefully everyone is having a great um, holiday weekend. I, I've been having a pretty good weekend. Um, and I had a great birthday. Because I can't remember if I did my episode before my birthday or after. But either way, I had a good birthday and a good birthday weekend. And just been making moves. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, ever since... Literally since the, like, well, that weekend of my birthday, and especially after my birthday, a lot of stuff is picking up, like, things that I've been manifesting and just on a good path, so I feel good. Um, I feel aligned, which is a great feeling. Um, So, just kind of figure out the next moves for myself. So, hopefully, like I said, everyone is having a great weekend. It's the Labor Day weekend, and... um, that you guys are having fun being safe and just preparing for as we move into the next season and it's also we're moving into i believe mercury retrograde so you know a lot of changes and out with the old and with the new just let things be that would be my advice let things transition as they are if you feel like you're losing certain connections or things are changing just let it let the universe do its thing um because it's for your benefit So I want to talk about a post that I had saw on Twitter and that I had posted on my personal page a few days ago that I felt is just, it's something that I stand on and I believe and that just, I feel, um, with, with today's society, um, but also like, especially when it comes to dating and just friendships in general it's very strange nowadays like if you think about how it how it was maybe like in the 90s or even the early 2000s compared to how it is now when it comes to um like just relationships and relationships it's not just I'm not talking about just you know uh romantic I'm talking about you know platonic and just friendships and just how how we interact as humans nowadays it's very odd um uh i feel like it's very uh ego driven and it's um it's not it's not realistic in the sense and it's not um it tends to to be pretty selfish um not really thinking of how our actions impact others uh and i think that's pretty sad because you know that's not how we are supposed to interact here on earth we're supposed to you know you're supposed to look out for yourself always and your family and your friends and stuff like that and the people that are close to you that you care about but you're also supposed to at least just have some human decency and i think that's just something that a lot of people lack um but anyway this post kind of stuck out to me because it kind of talks about that in a sense so, excuse me, it's from um, this place, page that I follow on Twitter. It's called Wavy. It's, it's uh, at OMFG Wavy. So, the post said, stand on your word. You owe people that. This, in quotations, people don't owe you anything generation is straying further and further away from moving with integrity. You do owe people honesty at the very least. So, um... Yeah, I mean, when I posted it, I said, I posted it and I said, stay 10 toes down. It's not on you. It's in you. And that's something that I talked about in the Nipsey Hussle episode and how much like I really, I really like that saying quotation because quote, I'm sorry, because I just feel like it's, it's real, you know, like I remember just um like growing up and I also I feel like it might come from a tv show but I'm not sure or a movie or something but anyway the saying of like or the idea that like all you have in this world is your is your word like that's and obviously you have more than that but my point is like that's a big thing you know like your word is everything and that should and honestly that's how people should that's how you should be living your life when it comes to relationships like your word is everything and that same thing goes for the other person like if that person boyfriend friend whatever is someone who you see lacks integrity they can't keep their word that's a to me that's a red flag because 
obviously we're human things happen but if you had consistently have a pattern of never following through on things whether it be for yourself or for me or for other people and you do so with no type of remorse or no type of like I don't know I just feel like you should always try to try to be a person of your word because that's First of all, you don't know how much someone might need what it is that you say that you're going to do or something like that. And usually that just messes up the flow of stuff, you know, because I don't know. I just feel like when you're saying that you're going to do something and you know someone's depending on you, that alone should spark to you to do. I'm going to do whatever means necessary to get this done, you know, Um, and I feel like a lot of people in our generation just don't do that anymore. And when it's saying about you owe people like, okay, you say you stand on your word, stay 10 toes down. You owe people that, right? But it's saying in this generation, it's a lot of people with the idea of people don't owe you anything. And I first started hearing that, honestly, when I came, when I was here, when I came in Boston and like really got into the social, get into the more social scene, and especially with dating, I remember like friends and just people in general kind of having this idea when it comes to dating that people don't owe you anything and I can get that to an extent but I've always been the type of person like I just feel like I don't know I don't know if it's coming from a place of just being a friendly a nice person or just caring but like I understand like people don't owe you anything but you do you do owe people and you and not even people but more so I look at it as you I owe myself to try my best to always treat people with respect and kindness and at least like decency because for one I know what it's like to be on the other end and I I talk about this a lot but I am very much conscious of my my karma and I and if I'm the you know the main denominator in that or the main you know person that determines that then why would I I don't know I just don't get the point in like treating people like disposable or treating people like trash when you like I don't know what do you gain from that I I just don't understand that and I'm not trying to be like you know on this like super friendly care bear type of mode (laughs) but it's just like I don't know I just feel like Especially nowadays, people people are going through so much, whether it be internal battles, external, financial, romantic. It's just so many things. Health, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many bad things and going around. Like, what's it gonna? Is it gonna kill you to treat somebody like with respect? And that doesn't mean I'm not saying like if someone, you know, tries to talk to you and you're not interested, you don't have to like go with them but you also don't have to be rude and I guess what it what it's saying in this terms of people don't owe you anything I think to me when I think of that I think of like ghosting and how that's like something that is discussed a lot like if you go on Twitter I mean not Twitter um TikTok a lot like a lot of those TikToks where they're talking about dating and guys and women and getting ghosted and how people like I just I feel like I've talked about this before but I just don't believe in ghosting I think I've only ghost actually I've never really ghosted anybody because I've only had to block one person and that was someone that I've I told them up front like look this is where I'm at this is not working for me this is what I can do this is what I can't do and then they still proceeded to to try to do stuff and so that's when I'm or try to initiate consistent contact and I was just all right well you don't get it so I'm gonna show you you know but other than that and even that like I remember when that was happening and I was telling it to my friends how this guy like was clearly interested I just wasn't in a space to be able to to provide attention to him and I also wasn't interested enough to do so so I kind of but I enjoyed like his company and like I think I realized that that was like my time when I was really still going through a spiritual awakening as far as like my learning what my ego and it was an ego thing of enjoying someone to hit me up like every day and show interest but it was also 
um, a situation where I was like, I don't even like this person enough to want to interact with them like that. So, but I enjoyed like the conversation and their friendship. So came a battle of like, (laughs) do I continue allowing this person to do this and like irritate me kind of sometimes and potentially hurt them by being like snappy or something like that? Or do I let it go? So I ended up, you know, telling him what's up, like, I'm just not interested right now. You know, this is not something that I could participate in. And that person just really didn't, they didn't seem to get it. So, um, I ended up blocking them and, um, yeah, that's kind of just what happened. I don't know what, what happened after that with him. Um, but I remember, the point of this is like my I was telling my friends about it and one of uh, some of my friends were saying like oh you don't owe him anything like y'all are y'all were never in a relationship you guys weren't dating and nothing so if you're not interested just ignore him and at first I did do that like I didn't respond to his messages but for me it's like I still like I don't know I just feel like that wasn't that wasn't cool with me because I know what that I, I know what that's like to be ghosted and to be like okay is it me like I don't want someone having an internal battle thinking that they did something wrong when they did it right and so I did ending end up sending him a message um explaining just where I was at and that felt good to me because I don't have to feel guilty for this person you know consistently trying to get in contact and feeling like I'm ducking and dodging somebody um especially if I potentially ran into him somewhere and so um I just remember you know some friends saying that oh you don't owe him anything and I I kept hearing that more and more just within dating and just within Boston and stuff and I was just like I don't understand what do people mean by that because I understand what it meant but at the same time I'm just like I don't understand how you came to that conclusion um when it comes to just interacting with other people because I just feel like if you've taking the time like for example you you went on a date or two with someone or you went on like three or four dates with someone and you just wasn't feeling it anymore why do you feel like you don't owe that person to say like hey I'm not feeling it anymore I I just feel like people have kind of used that excuse of you don't owe some anyone anything to kind of mask um the increasing inability of people to communicate because communication that's the key right? Whether it's someone that you like or you don't like, you have to open your mouth and say what you, what you want, what you don't want, what's working for you, what's not working for you. I think that when you're ghosting somebody or you're just cold cutting somebody off, unless it's a situation where you have been disrespected, there are obviously, I agree, there are certain situations where you cut people off and you don't got to explain because people know we're all adults, you know what you're doing, right? But in most cases, I just feel like when it's this situation where people say, you don't owe this person anything, I just think that that's a, a bad way to go about things, right? Because... I can guarantee those same people, they would hate for someone to do them like that. You know, especially when you don't know how much this person like likes you, or even if you do know how much this person like, you don't know how, how you impact that person's life. So to just like drop them like they don't exist, I just think that that's messed up, right? And I think that you do owe people respect and a respectful thing to do is to open your mouth and say, text it whatever send an email whatever and say hey this ain't this is not working for me anymore and that's when you just say it's very simple you just say oh you know it doesn't work for me anymore but i wish you the best and um you know hope everything works out for you like there's there's nothing wrong with saying that and i feel like that is more respectable because even at the moment that person might not like it but they're gonna remember that like they're going to remember that this person at least explained themselves and they did it in a kind way and they're going to appreciate that for the next when they meet the next person or whatever you know like just i don't know i just think that's something that people need to step to like really stray away from um this whole idea of not only people things and just more and more people do not move with integrity and um I think that this whole even the idea of saying owe someone something like it's not about owing someone it's just you it's about like your integrity and respect and just being a decent person (laughs) 
right at the very least and being honest like it says you owe you do owe people honesty at the very least and that is something that within dating I've learned way more and been able to practice more and it's definitely pushed me out my comfort zone because no I'm not like a dishonest person or try to do that but I have been that person that like tries to duck and dodge and tries to avoid having certain type of open communication or open um emotional communication and so and that has not necessarily always panned out for me because I am an emotionally person emotional person so I feel bad you know like I'll feel bad treating somebody like that you know like even the other day I didn't feel bad but this guy I was I was at the I was at shopping and I was at the um walking by and there was these guys in the car and like one of them was just like oh hi how you doing whatever now normally my old me I probably would have ignored him because <laughs> I was just I, I was like that and especially because he, he wasn't cute so I was just like no <laughs> but but the new I'm just like trying to practice me okay hi how you doing I'm just like hi how you doing oh I like your um what do you say I like your tattoo or something I was like oh thank you and then he was about to go say something else and I was like okay you know like I just kept like by then I was already in my car so I was just like whatever but my point of that is like just practicing kindness and just okay in that instance if I had done what I used to do and ignored him in front of his friends that could have caused them to like laugh at him make him feel type of way right about someone and he's just doing something that at the end of the day is kind he's just saying hi and giving a compliment so you know just in that situation it's just practicing you don't have to go out of your way to be extra and like do something for somebody else's comfort level but you at the same time you can just offer respect right because you never you just you don't know you don't know how that type of interaction plays a role in your future or your karma or something like that right and also in the type of instances like that it's just being honest i think that it's kind of obviously you have to play it by ear because i saw uh, recently on a tiktok where this guy was was asking different women um <coughs> excuse me like what i think i don't forget the exact question but a like oh how do you want someone to ask you for your number or something like that and a lot of the girls just like just ask or you know just have a conversation and kind of bring it up and and the the guy was saying like oh do you give your number to, to everyone who asked and one girl was like yeah because I'm not trying to get killed and he was just like what do you mean and then she was like yo people guys do that <laughs> you know and they they'll some people will kill you because you don't give them their number or just you know being get aggressive and stuff so it can't escalate that way and that has happened multiple times and it just made me think about um like what this is saying like you owe people honesty, but also I just feel like sometimes that doesn't always work out <laughs> because I've definitely been in situations where someone has asked me for my number and gotten aggressive <laughs> um, or just gotten and aggressive in the sense of not putting their hands on me, but just like their response is very aggressive and angry. And it's like, to me, I don't understand how you could get angry about that. That's a yes or no question. Like, there is a 50% chance that the person's going to say no. Like, you just because you ask doesn't mean you're going to get it. Um, but there's some guys who really, you know, move like that. Um, and so that, I would say, you obviously have to weigh your options and, like, weigh it out. And the fact that we as women, and I guess maybe some men have to deal with that. I don't know, too. But I know that definitely for women, like, that's a that's an everyday thing. Like, you really got to be... You really have to be smart about how you interact with men <laughs> um, nowadays. I'm just talking about like dating wise. I, I don't know. I can't. I mean, obviously with women as well, you have to be respect, you know, smart and respectful. But the, you can be even with that type of situation. You could be respectful. I've been in that space where I've never. I don't call guys out of their name or like talk down on them when they're trying to talk to you or whatever. But they're you know i feel like either way you you could you could lose because when you are rude to them they might call you out of your name if you are nice to them and you still do it in a way like oh no thank you i'm good 
they can still get angry, right? And still try to say something or do something to you. So um, with that, I would say be, you know, move accordingly. But and my point with that is like, still, you can still move with integrity in those type of situations. And even when it comes to like friendships and, um, and being honest, sometimes you can't, you just can't always agree with your friend all the time. Sometimes you got to tell people like about themselves or tell them the honest truth. Um, because like it says, you don't owe people anything, but you do, if you're, I don't know, I just feel like if you're in some form of a relationship with someone, then you do owe them something. You do owe them honesty, respect, and I just wish that that was more pushed versus like this idea, like I said, this whole agenda of, um, it all, st- I kind of started, I feel like it started with that whole savage thing, like, oh, you're a savage, like, I never want to be like that and there even there have been instances on me where I my friends will tell me something and my response and, and to to the situation that they're in or something with a guy or whatever and that, oh that's a sa- that's a savage and I'm like dang I ain't really think that was being a savage but I guess it's coming from like a space of also when you don't want to be a savage but you also don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're you're uncomfortable. I just feel like you should always make sure that you're good first before, sorry, looking out for somebody else. So, or somebody else's feelings or whatever. So like I said, you have to just kind of weigh that out, I think. Um, but my point is still just, I wish that people were practicing more and more of with integrity and, uh, respect of other people's feelings because we all have feelings, right? (laughs) Um, and we all deserve to be treated with respect. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I would, I don't know. I just, just, it's just something that I saw and, um, stood out to me and I thought it was a, a good message because it's just a way to like check in kind of, or not check in, but remind ourselves, like we can't meet, we can't really, we can, but we shouldn't move in that mindset when, especially when it comes to interacting with other people. Like, let's just not that. I feel like that's just moving in a selfish, ego driven way of like, oh, I don't owe you anything. And this person doesn't, I don't owe them anything. I don't owe them an apology. I don't owe them respect. I don't got to tell them. It's just even like when it's certain stuff like, you know, respecting people's time, like, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, I'm going to be running late or I'm going to be, you know, moving later than I thought or whatever. It's just like, I think that sometimes we as a society, especially when we have technology and all this stuff, you know, that makes things easier or takes, you know, the work away or whatever you want to call it. It makes it easier to just kind of get lost in your own world and only do things in a way that benefits you. Um, We've all felt I feel like we've all been guilty of that. So I just think that is important to kind of check in and make sure that you're moving with respect for yourself and other people and that you're getting that same thing back. Um, because you know, people don't owe you time. They don't owe you their company. They don't owe you those things. And when, to me, I think I look at it as like, if someone is giving me that or I'm giving that it's because I want to. And so you're giving it thinking that you, with the, with the expectation that it's being respected. Right. And so, um, yeah, even like this post says, just your word, you know, when you're giving your word, you're giving it with the expectation or you should be giving it with the expectation that you're going to be able to follow through. And when you can't follow through or when, you, you know, things change or whatever the case may be, you still have the responsibility to say, I can no longer do this or whatever the case may be. Right. So, um, I feel like that's all I really have to say on that. It's just, practicing, you know, standing on your word. And, you know, I would say something to think about with this episode or post is like, what does your word mean to you? (laughs) That's one important thing, because if you not only what does your word mean to you when it comes to with other people, but do you practice standing on your word with yourself? I think that's a big thing because if you don't stand on your word with you, 
I think it's going to be even harder for you to stand on your word with other people because that to me in my mind is when you can't stand if you can't stand on your word to the things that you promise or you 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 know say you're going to do for yourself then that means that you don't even respect yourself enough to do that or you feel like you don't deserve or you know that's another thing to unpack right there like why do you feel that you can't show up for yourself and if you can't show up for yourself and stand on your word for yourself and respect yourself you're most certainly going to have a hard time being able to do that for other people and understand the importance of it because at the end of the day it's very important um i think it's highly important when it comes to your everyday life and that goes for various things relationship like i said friendships work like are you do you stand on your word for work can you show up to work do you follow through on your your responsibilities on your duties like or do you are you somebody who's a slacker can't follow through and everybody else has to pick up the slack for you you know because when you are that type of person you become a problem at work and then then it's just like you know it's just i don't know i think it's just it's a it's just a bad uh trying to figure out the words i forget how you say it but it's just a bad thing (laughs) like um and you know i just think that people hopefully are able to to be more cautious of that conscious of that and standing on their word and what does that mean and uh, following through on things no by any means necessary right um I just think that your, yeah, your word is everything. All you got in this world is your word. So hopefully this was a beneficial message. I feel like a little bit, I went on a rant a little bit, but my point was um, stay 10 toes down. It's not in you, it's on you. Practice with, practice moving with integrity and respect and honesty for others and yourself and you will receive it in return because everything that you give out you will get you get in return so if you are dishonest you will get dishonesty if you don't move integrity you will not get people who treat you with integrity if you feel that you don't owe people anything they won't owe you anything either so just you know think of that think of that in your everyday interactions and the way you go about treating people And you don't have to be a pushover and you don't have to be a sucker, but you do have to, I just feel like you got to radiate what it is that you want back and you will get it back. Even in ways that you might not think that you would, you you will. So let me know what you think about that. Um, I hope you guys have a great, great rest of the weekend and, um, we are now, we're still in Virgo season. Um, so shout out to my fellow Virgos. Hope you guys have a great birthday season, whenever that is for you. Um, and enjoy the rest of the weather. The weather's still holding on, which is great. Um, and some, I know some, you know, some kids going back to school. So good luck with that. Um, whether that be college or elementary or high school middle school, whatever, grad school, all that stuff. Um, all forms of schooling. Um, I I hope you guys have a great school year. Do what you gotta do. And, um, stay grounded. Um, and thank you for listening. I'm your host Chanel. This is Black Hippie Lounge. If you haven't already, follow the podcast, rate and review. Um, and, uh, also follow me on Instagram at Black Hippie Lounge, as well on Twitter at Black Hip Lounge, and on TikTok at Black Hippie Lounge. Um, and so I definitely, like I said, I want to do a live soon. So I got to figure out when I want to do that, um, and what topics I want to talk, what you guys want me to talk about. So maybe I'll do like a survey thing on my page so that you guys can tell me what you want. Um, But yeah, hope you guys have a great rest of your night and weekend and take care. Meditate, manifest, invest in you.
Join me on my spiritual journey as I elevate myself and like-minded listeners to a higher level mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thank you for listening. This is Black Hippie Lounge, and I am your host, Chanel. evening. I hope everyone had a great day and a great weekend, holiday weekend. Um, like getting back into the swing of things. And yeah, uh, the weather in Boston, it's kind of crappy. It's, it's been raining and um, it's getting, it's supposed to be like cooler for the rest of the week. So definitely like fall weather coming in. Um, so kind of like sad about that. Bye bye summer. But uh, just make the most of it, obviously. Um, and so I, I had a great weekend and got some rest, like uh, mental rest, to be honest. Like I really didn't do too much. Just took time to like relax my body, which was great. And um, in preparation of just because work is going to be busy for me, honestly, for the rest of the year. Um, so I'll do my best to still record as much as I can and, and stick to that promise. Because um, I do have a lot of still have some interviews that I need to do. I really need to actually work on that. And um, just more topics that I want to discuss. And so I know, I think I mentioned it before that I've been going to therapy and I've like, I found a, a therapist that works for me because my other therapist, she said she worked like no lie, but it just, because I switched my job, um, you know how the insurance situation goes. So I had to find somebody new. And this lady, she, she's great. Like she, She's really great. She um, definitely helps me dissect things more. And so we talked about emotional availability and vulnerability and um, helped me a little bit with that. And so I wanted to share not necessarily what I talked about in my session, but emotional intelligence and emotional availability. And there was a post that I saw on Instagram and I just today in the mail, a book came that I purchased, um, that I honestly forgot I got it, but from Amazon and it's called 101 essays that will change the way you think by Brianna Weist. And I saw it on a TikTok. I believe it's a TikTok that I've shared on the black hippie lounge, um, podcast page on Instagram, but it's pretty great and so far and um I want to yeah so I'm going to talk about there's a there's some posts in here and not posts but essays in here that I'm going to talk about um that ties into the idea of just being um emotionally available and vulnerable. Um, I think I've done an episode on this before but I I just wanted to kind of talk about it again. So I'll first I'll start off with the Instagram post that I saw and it's from this page. It's I've been that girl too. And so she ta- starts off by like her first post is becoming more emotionally available for me looked like well, this is according to her. So obviously everybody's different. See, takes what resonates. So the first thing she says is having more compassion for myself and my emotions. I grew up in a household where I could never express myself. I was always called a crybaby and really had no one to be there for me emotionally. So I learned to keep my emotions to myself. So this one, I definitely could understand because I think that's like, I feel like that's partially culturally too, because I just feel like a lot of black or Caribbean or just some form of, you know, know about Spanish people I'm not really sure about them but um probably maybe um and I I know like probably in Asian cultures as well or anyone with like POC really um I'm sure some some white people too but um when a lot of those times in those type of households you are taught to be strong and you are taught to like not cry and be emotional because you because I think that it comes from just from historically, you know, like as slaves and stuff or just within society, you weren't allowed to be emotional. You weren't allowed to have a bad day or be sad or anything or be angry or nothing. Like you had to be whatever um, they wanted you to be. So 
I think that a lot of times it comes from a space of just trying to protect your child um, from the world because a lot of times when you are emotional or you are someone who you know cries or something like that you are going to be it's going to be viewed as a negative at in a negative sense a lot of the times so especially if you're a male and sometimes for women too but um so I think that it's just kind of inherited in us to not be emotional and and stuff like that but that's also like stunts your growth as a as a as a person because you are supposed to be emotional like that's why we have them that's why we have the ability to cry to laugh to get angry to get anxious you know worried stuff like that that's it's there for a reason it's helps you navigate through life so i think that as you get older just learning how to have more compassion for yourself because i've seen i've even noticed it in myself sometimes of i think i've talked about this before like not allowing myself to cry or not allowing myself to be sad and um tending to distract myself by being busy and this um i feel like before when this happened um this was like around 2019 when a lot of things were going on and I was initially going through my spiritual awakening uh I just was distracting myself by going out and having fun a lot and then uh, around this time um I had to start dealing with my emotions dealing with like from a breakup and just a lot of life changes that were happening that I wasn't quite um sure of and understanding and so now, as that same thing is happening now, I'm not going through a breakup, but I'm more so in a space where um, emotionally, I'm done with school. So that's no, no longer a distraction for me to be able to tap into myself of like where I am and where I want to be and my goals and just also... Um, as a woman and in a dating in the dating world, like what type of person do I want to be as well and especially within my next relationship like what do I want to do um and that's definitely one of the main things is definitely being more emotionally available and vulnerable um that's something that I definitely struggle with so I think that therapy should definitely gonna help me with that and just um you can help yourself too right I'm sure I'm not the only person who deals with that so um, just learning how to, to be patient with yourself and have compassion for yourself. I believe that that can be a way for you to even become more vulnerable because you're being so compassionate with yourself. You kind of tending to your inner child because maybe you felt like you didn't get that as a kid. Um, if you weren't nurtured as much as a kid or you weren't allowed to have certain emotions when you are an adult you can parent yourself and say no it's okay to cry it's okay to have a bad day today it's okay to be angry it's okay to not know and be worried or whatever the, the emotion may be right so that and, and also learning not to keep your emotions to yourself like it says because a lot of times you know you think about like as a kid you know like you start crying like what, what are you crying for right well you know i'm sad <laughs> duh <laughs> or you you just beat me so why wouldn't i cry like that's just like <laughs> you know what i'm saying but like those are things that you weren't allowed to feel and so as you get older you kind of learn to suppress it and that sucks because in relationships you can't be like that like if someone if your partner does something to you that you don't like you can't just hold it in you got to talk about it and sometimes i think that people when they when they are you know experience that as a kid it's like one or two things they're either going to be super emotional or they're going to be like not emotional at all right especially within relationships and that's either way is not great so like it says number one just being able to be more compassionate with yourself um what else did she say she said i was raised by emotionally unavailable and emotionally unstable parents so healing for me meant getting back to who I originally was before my parents changed me into someone that was more like them um yeah for sure if you're if you're raised by parents who are emotionally unavailable um and unstable then that definitely impacts you and it can stunt your growth you know your emotional growth um because on like it's probably no fault to them but well I guess partially but 
if they were raised in a home where their parents weren't emotionally available and they were unstable, then it's just, I feel, I feel like for me, that's like maybe 80% on their upbringing. But the other 20% is like you as an adult, you have to make that conscious effort to say, I'm going to do better than what I grew up in. And so when you in when you catch yourself in a in the habit of what maybe your parents did, you have to be compassionate with yourself, but still be aware like, okay, this is what I, I can't do this. And it's not even just with parenting, it's just in general, like at how do you handle your emotions? How do you handle your emotions and compassion for yourself and for others? Um, so that's just I feel like that's a con- subconscious thing or a conscious thing to be aware of. And that just takes that takes a lot of work, that shadow work, you know. And so everyone doesn't want to elevate there and do that work. So it's it's really a, it's a personal choice, in my opinion. Um, but like she said, if you are raised in that type of household with those type of parenting, it's definitely going to be hard for you to 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 be emotionally available. If you grew up with parents who you know, they didn't really ask you how you feel or ask your opinion on things or they were unstable and unpredictable with their emotions. Like you didn't know what you were going to get, right? Then you kind of learn how to just, you can't, when you have a parent who you don't know what you're going to get, you as a child, you can't really be like, I don't want to say be yourself, but you, you're not really allowed to explore your emotions, your own self, because you got to always be on alert about what you're going to get from that parent. If that makes sense. Like if you don't know if your parent one day, you know, they might be nice one day and the next day they, you might just go off on you for nothing. You don't know. And going off can be so many different things. So if you had to always be on alert and just be ready for whatever, then you're not really allowing yourself to be in tune with yourself and your own emotions because you're so focused on someone else's emotions um and that that's what I think it means by saying like emotionally unstable parents like if you grew up in a household where there was abuse right the you don't really you typically you're not going to know what you're going to get from that abuser one day they could be cool and the next day they get they just go crazy right or they might go if you have parents that are mentally mentally ill I remember there was this, um, the podcast I was listening to, she was saying how her mom has had, um, she's bipolar. And so some days like she had to grow up very early because there were times when her mom was in a, like in a manic or a depression state for weeks and she wouldn't come out of her room and she's like nine years old and she got siblings and stuff and they got to eat. Right. So they all have to pretty much learn how to be on their own. And so that's kind of what it means by emotionally unstable because even though that their mom was on on medication like sometimes you know she might not have taken the medication or she just was in that state and there's nothing that a child can do about an adult being in that state um so that's what it kind of means as far as like an example of an emotionally unstable parent so number two it says allowing myself to cry this sounds so simple but you'd be surprised of how much you're suppressing your tears. I used to be so embarrassed to cry, even happy tears. Now I let the tears fall. I feel so much better afterwards. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is like my main one right here. Like, I've talked about this before, like allowing myself to cry. Like, I, would, I used to get mad low-key, like literally mad at myself. Like, why are you crying? <laughs> but like, if you think about it, that's like the, that's like what you might've heard growing up. Like, why are you crying? What are you crying for? What are you crying for? It's like, sometimes, you know what? I don't know what I'm crying for. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, but, um, and even happy tears, like you can have happy tears. I remember that happened to me. I don't even know, maybe once or twice that I've cried happy tears, um, in my life and oh, that I can at least remember. And I remember when it was happening, I, I, I felt so uncomfortable because I didn't understand why why would I be crying for happiness? You know what I mean? But I think it was because, you know, I think back that that's a part of like when you're suppressed emotions, you just don't even know, you can't even understand that simple thing. Right. So now it's saying, allow yourself to cry, let yourself to, to, to feel number three, 
but emotional connections with people I felt safe being vulnerable with. Oh, excuse me. Built emotional connections with people I felt safe being vulnerable with. My group of friends make me feel the safest to cry and be vulnerable. I remember the first time I cried in front of them. I felt so embarrassed, but they instantly showed me nothing but grace and compassion. They never judged me or made me feel crazy for crying. They made me realize that it was okay to cry. Now we always have girls night at least once a month where we really, we just relate and release and cry if we have to. I love it. I initially cried for the first time in front of my best friend after a bad breakup. I was trying so hard to be tough in front of her, but she just hugged me up and I started bawling like a baby. That right there was my initial emotional availability breakthrough. So this one definitely, when you have a great group of friends or just people that are close to you that you can be vulnerable with, because if you think about it, at least for me, my friends, I talk to my friends on a daily basis. If not daily, then at least every other day. So if I can't be vulnerable with these people, how can I learn to be vulnerable with a, a future partner, right? Because this future partner or partner, whatever, would be, one would hope, your friend first, right? So I think what she's saying is great. Like being able to build really emotional and, and and really strong and positive emotional connections with your friends could be the first step because you learn to have those uncomfortable conversations with them and they're kind of like I guess kind of like in a sense your test dummies because if you learn like okay she did something I don't like it or he did something whatever I don't like how that made me feel or they they disrespected me or I didn't whatever whatever the case may be when you learn how to have a proper conversation with someone and bring it up and explain yourself and come to a resolution, then I feel like that makes it so much easier for you to go into a relationship being able to do that as well because you've already practiced it and you even you're okay with whatever the outcome may be. And so I think that a lot of times we we don't do that with our friends, right? We we you hear the stories of like, oh, this person or that one stopped talking, but they they because of something that happened that really probably they never really had a, a an adult mature conversation about the situation. Instead, they went to the other people to talk about it, or they just shut down or just block them. Like this whole culture of just blocking people. I I, I don't knock it because I, I understand, but. I think that, like I always say, have a conversation first. And if you're not getting the result that you want, then make your decision. And so I think that like what this saying, this post is saying, is just like learning to build those strong emotional connections with your friends is definitely, definitely number one. Because if you could do that, you should be able to build that with a, a significant other as well. And be able to come to that person without feeling like, oh, you know, I don't know if I had to say this or something like you, you'll be able to just be comfortable in your in your own words and what you have to say in your emotions. That's what it is, being comfortable in your own emotions um, to be able to express yourself. And so number four, it says, if I feel some pent up feelings or emotions, I write out in my journal, what's wrong? Then I proceed to write all of my feelings. It works. Doing this was the first doing this was the first time I realized I was being self-negligent and finally did something about it. It changed my life, honestly. I remember writing out how I felt. I was being everything to everyone else, including my job, but nothing to myself. I felt like I was having to be the strong one and push through when the truth was, <coughs> excuse me, I was tired and getting weak. I learned it's okay to be weak sometimes. After that, I took a short-term disability leave from work for almost a year. Hmm, interesting. And saw a mental health professional and worked on my stuff. Um, actually, well, wait, what? Okay, uh, sorry. (laughs) I'm still kind (laughs) of thinking about this short-term disability leave. That's actually a good idea. Um... (laughs) She said (laughs) she went to see a mental health professional and worked on her shit. Okay. Now I always put me first. I can never let myself get down bad like that again. So, um, like she said, writing out, um, and you know, 
talk to yourself <laughs> like if you have to if you don't want to write it out like ask yourself what's wrong and just talk about it even if you use your notes sometimes even for me like i get lazy i don't want to use the notes app but i'll send myself a voice note <laughs> about whatever i need it whatever i have to say or what i feel or something like that um or just send yourself a text or something like that or just write it out like she said but don't like she said you gotta take care of you first um most most importantly because you can't be there for somebody else or present yourself in the best manner for someone else if you're not even doing that for yourself you're not taking care of yourself um and when you get tired and it's okay like she said to be weak sometimes right but you gotta take care of yourself so that you don't have to get into that state So number five, not feeling ashamed for anything I've been through or currently going through. I'm human and I have to remind myself of that. Shame will make you emotionally unavailable because then you feel like you have to hide who you are. You don't. Oof, that's, yeah, that's true. Because if you, especially if you grew up in a household where you were ashamed for certain emotions, like like it said in the beginning, like being called a crybaby, then you end up, you are going to hide who you, you, essentially you're hiding who you are because you are your emotions. You, that makes up, that makes who, that makes you who you are. So if you feel like you have to hide your emotions and you're not being your real self and you're not living your truth. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> Don't be ashamed of who you are and what you feel at all. Number six, I stopped dating or associating with emotionally unavailable people. People like that, <coughs> excuse me, make me anxious and make me feel like I can't freely express myself or my emotions. I feel like I'm too much for them to handle or they will make me feel like that little girl that was labeled a crybaby by her parents. Not to mention those types of people are not fully self-aware or comfortable with being close or sharing feelings. And that's what I'm all about now. I'm not for forcing anyone to connect on a deeper level level anymore. So, um, yeah, that was the last one. And that one's very true. You, you have to make sure that you are, if you are on a spiritual journey and you're on a, on a path of growth, then you have to honor that growth and you have to honor your new version of yourself and the new, um, improved emotionally whatever physically whatever way um self and make sure you make better choices whether it be what you eat what you drink how what you tell yourself about yourself um how you talk to yourself how you treat yourself and part of treating yourself is who you allow yourself to be around and to be in your space and in your energy i'm very big on that um especially lately like i even when it comes to something as it might sound simple but like I haven't had anyone in my home in probably months because, you know, besides like family or something like that. But, um, you know, or just even sharing yourself with someone, whether that be sexually, emotionally, romantically, any type of way, mentally, just emotionally, spiritually, like just protect your energy and, um, you know, make sure that the people that you are giving yourself to in any aspect have the capacity to receive you that's a big thing because some people just can't it's not like an ego thing but they can't handle you because they don't even they can't even they haven't taken the time to handle themselves and if they don't know how to handle themselves then they don't know how to teach you how to handle them and if they can't teach you how to handle them they definitely can't even comprehend let alone understand how to treat you and how to handle you right because they they, they're just they're not they're not there and so being able to recognize that and and what that means for you and your growth um is very important so those are the posts that were on the instagram and so now i want to talk about the thing from the book so like i said the book is called 101 essays that will change the way you think and so this first essay is 10 things emotionally intelligent people do not do Okay, so I'll just read the whole thing, I guess. Um, I'm not going to break them down because it's time-wise. 
So it says emotional intelligence is probably the most powerful yet undervalued trait in our society. We believe in rooting our everyday functions and logic and reason, yet we come to the same conclusions after long periods of contemplation as we do in the blink of an eye. Our leaders sorely overlook the human element of our socio-political issues, and I need not cite the divorce rate for you to believe that we're not choosing the right partners, nor do we have the, the capacity to sustain intimate relationships for long periods of time. It seems people believe the most intelligent thing to do is not have emotions at all. To be effective is to be a machine, a product of the age, a well-oiled consumerist serving digitally attuned, highly unaware, but overtly operational robot. And so we suffer. Here are the habits of the people who have the capacity to be aware of what they feel, who know how to express, process, dismantle, and adjust their experiences as they are their own locus of control. They are the true leaders. They are living the most whole and genuine lives, and it is from them that we should take a cue. These are the things that emotionally intelligent people do not do. Number one. They don't assume that the way they think and feel about a situation is the way it is in reality, nor how how it will turn out in the end. Uh, number two, their emotional base points are not external. Number three, they don't assume to know what it is that will make them truly happy. Interesting. Number four, they don't think that being fearful is a sign they are on the wrong path. Ooh, that is a good one. That is a a great one. (laughs) Um, And there's excerpts underneath, but like I said, time-wise, I can't go through all that. Maybe in another episode. If you really want me to do it, let me know and I'll I'll go through it. Um, In another episode. But number four was hitting. They don't think that being fearful is a sign they're on the wrong path. Uh, Number five, (laughs) they know that happiness is a choice, but they don't feel the need to make it all the time. That was like the one I'm talking about, like allowing yourself to be sad mad, angry, whatever. Number six, they don't allow their thoughts to be chosen for them. Oof. Be your own person. Number seven, they recognize that infallible composure is not emotional intelligence. Number eight, they know that a feeling will not kill them. Number nine, they don't just become close friends with anyone. Mm. And number 10, they don't confuse a bad feeling for a bad life. So like I said, there's excerpts underneath those that were great to explain what it means in further depth. There's one more um, essay that I wanted to talk about. It's things emotionally healthy people know how to do. Let me read it before, we run out of, before I run out of time. Oops. All right, things emotionally healthy people know how to do. Of all the health concerns our culture claims to be concerned about, it is perhaps our emotional health that is most severely neglected. It's not the same thing as mental health. We're comfortable talking about our recurring headaches as we don't feel their presence make a statement about us. They're dissociated from who we believe ourselves to be, but we know our emotions are a result of who and how we are. And in a desperate plight to preserve the sanctity of our self idea we hide ironically that's where the trouble comes from comes in it's the parts of us we suppress and ignore that are the parts that become silent insidious controlling monsters it's referred to in psychology as shadow selves like i said shadow work <clears throat> talking about how one gets from there to here at the place of emotional health is another topic altogether and would require books worth of writing to fully flesh out. So in the meantime, I gather the 10 elements of an emotionally healthy person. This hypothetical hybrid of positivity probably doesn't exist, but these are nonetheless worth considering and maybe striving for. So number one, emotionally healthy people know how to listen to their pain. Number two, they know how to observe thoughts objectively and not identify with them. Number three, they can see within them the things they dislike in others. Oh, dang. That's a, that is a, that's a good one. That is a good one. Because if you think about it, a lot of the times, the people that we come across in life, 
that are teaching us lessons is usually their behaviors and what they mirror something in you that you need to recognize within yourself that you either need to um, improve or you need to let go of, Um, especially when it comes to emotions. Like if you are dating like I said, like she said, you dating emotionally unavailable people and consistently, it's because you're emotionally unavailable yourself and you probably don't see that in yourself. And once you start to take the time to see it in other, the person that you're dating, then you can be able to, to recognize it in yourself and then work on yourself to, to do better, to become more emotionally available. And then it's up to that person if they want to take that steps as well, or that just means that that's not the right person for you. So that, that was a great one. Um, again, I said they can see within them the things that they dislike in others. Number four, they're able to differentiate loving someone, something versus loving the idea of it. <clears throat> to be conscious of why they desire something, not just that they desire it. That's a good one because a lot of times if you are in a space where you're like, oh, I want to be in a relationship, I want to be in a relationship why why do you want to be in a relationship is it just the idea of being in a relationship or is it something about something that you truly desire and it could be for anything but that's just an example okay number five they know when it's time to break up with a friend yeah (laughs) um number six they live minimally not but i'm sorry repeat i'm not really reading well today i'm sorry okay (laughs) Number six, they live minimally, but realistically. Hmm. I want to I wanna dissect that one a little bit just because emotionally healthy people know that no physical acquisition can shock them into feeling what they desire, not for more than a moment anyway. So they forego the rat race and learn to be grounded in the simplicity of life. They want not and waste not, keep in their space only things that are meaningful or useful. They are mindful and intentional, grateful and wise with what they consume and keep. That is great because I think it's what it's trying to say is like not allowing people or things or situations to sway your, to determine your emotions for you. You still have the right to, you still have control of your emotions. Like, even if you say, like I said, I started switching your words saying, oh, this person may be angry. No, this person did this and I responded with anger or I became angry or I was I was angry like taking ownership and taking accountability for your emotions because nobody can make you feel something only you can do that and even if it's just momentarily like oh okay you scared me or that scared me but now I'm not scared you know what I'm saying like just taking ownership and control of your emotions because it's only it's your emotions number seven they can be alone I'll read that one too When you find in solitude, what you find in solitude is perspective. When you're not in the presence of people with whom you must monitor your reactions and choose your sentences wisely, you can let yourself just be. It's why we find it most profoundly relaxing and why emotionally healthy people practice it often. When there's nobody else around for whom you must tailor your emotions, you can experience them fully. I wholeheartedly definitely agree with this, especially living alone and just being more on my own and being single and just, um, you know, not choosing to wallow in any type of, you know, emotions and allowing yourself to still emotion, feel those emotions, but come being there for yourself, um, and learning to love yourself and be, be in your own favorite company. Number eight, they let themselves feel, um, like I've been talking about, just let yourself feel that's emotionally healthy um, versus suppressing your emotions. Number nine, they do not attach to any one outcome being good or right. Let me read that one too. It says, the moment you decide one outcome is the right outcome, you are also deciding that another outcome is the wrong one. Beyond this, some things work out the way we intend for them to, others don't. This is a gift too. Um, I think I talked about this quite often divine timing, divine intervention, things going the way according to God's plan, um, practicing faith and being more, you got to be more eager for what God has for you than what you have for yourself. And when you live your life that way and you don't attach yourself to any one outcome being good or the right one for you, 
rather than just being open to whatever God feels is for you, that's that's great emotional emotional uh, intelligence. Um, and number 10, they see the value and purpose of each and every experience, good or bad. Um, that's a long excerpt, so I don't, I don't want to read that whole thing because it's, it's, it's time-wise. But hopefully this was helpful. Uh, I'm definitely about to, to dive into this book because I just got it today. Um, but I just happened to find those two essays and, and, you know, to pertain to what I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to take a picture of it and post it on Instagram as well if people want to buy it i believe she's a black uh author as well she might be young as well um let me check real quick but i feel like she is because i think that's what the girl on what's it called what is that thing called um oh never mind she's white um (laughs) um what is it called dang tiktok said um dang she I thought, I mean, I don't care, whatever. But I just, I thought the girl said, <laughs> I thought the girl said it was a black author. Whatever. Anyway, she's, um, the, it's a hundred essays. Um, <laughs> don't mind me. Uh, <laughs> um, but they seem really good so far. I got, like I said, I got it from Amazon, I believe. It's a thick book. I mean, it's a hundred, 101 essays. So I would that would make sense. But, uh, yeah, so it's a great, it's a great book so far. I'm definitely gonna probably have more excerpts from it to share with you guys um so hopefully you you enjoyed this episode it was helpful insightful got a laugh out of it whatever um learn some information about yourself and emotional availability i will post it on instagram so you guys can see what i was reading like the different excerpts from instagram um and i'll post the book and hope you have a great rest of the week um let me think um follow the podcast on instagram twitter at black hippie lounge and and tiktok at black hippie lounge and rate and review the podcast um and as always i'm your host chanel thank you for listening thank you thank you thank you um meditate manifest invest in you and hmm, what I want to say, because I feel like I always leave with like a be blessed or something like that, right? Uh, I think I'm going to say, like I always, like I've been saying, stay 10 toes down. It's not in, it's not on you, it's in you. Um, and yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, shoot. Um, drop my phone. Um, but yeah, stay, stay fresh.